the Strange and Confused Podcast. Where we love all things strange and unusual, but we are often dazed and confused. Hey, I'm Sarah. And who am I? None of your business. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's pretty cute. Uh, oh, really? Uh, yeah. aggressively angry. <laughs> Welcome to the Strange and Confused podcast. This is episode we don't know because we don't know how to keep track. <laughs> this is episode I don't know and I don't care. I think this might be 30. Yeah, I think it might be. I mean, hey. last time we said that, it was clearly not what we thought it was. Yeah. So who it's knows? Somewhere in the vicinity of 30. Yay, if it's 30. If it's not, whoops. <laughs> whoop Just another day in my brain. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Um, I had something to tell you what I completely slipped my brain. I was literally saving it for this and now it's lost. What? I just made a little fart noise with my mouth. I heard it in my own ears. With my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we fart and sometimes we don't realize that the microphone is very good at picking it up. What did I? Oh, oh you, I have a little hot tip that I've been doing recently that I'd like to share in a poll. Let's hear it. Um, so I have a hard time falling asleep. Preaching to the choir. Okay. And um, I have been keeping a little bottle of lavender beside my bed. I thought you were going to say peppermint beetlets. Oh. Well, there is a peppermint bottle very close. Um, but no, I keep a little bottle of lavender and I've just been sitting there and it's been sitting there for years. And I'm, I was looking at it the other years. night and I said, hmm, maybe I need to use you more often. And so what I did was, cause you know, sometimes people will give you like, you can buy those lavender sprays and such for your pillow. Yeah. And I was like, those never work. That's a farce. I took a little bit of lavender oil and I just swipe it on my Cupid's bow so I'm smelling it. Right. And it's so good. And as soon as I smell it, out. No way. Literally within five minutes. Sometimes I like try to be on my phone and then I'm like. <gasps> I have some. I'm going to do that tonight. You just right on there. I had lavender scented bath salts, which like I usually will like soak in the tub before bedtime yeah and i honestly can't tell you if it did a damn thing i think the the gap between (laughs) like getting out of the tub and like actually getting into bed and falling asleep because i'm literally i'm not walking from the tub and then crawling into bed there are steps in between yeah uh was too great like too big for it to actually work i'm gonna try that yeah it's it's honestly just kiss okay well i like it you're not licking that. No, and sometimes like sick, are you? <laughs> sometimes I like like will like lick my lips or something if I'm in bed. Well, that's I don't know. Anyways, over explaining for no reason. But it doesn't like you think, oh, it tastes like lavender, but it's kind of like, oh, that's a that's a uh, too much. That's a lot of lavender on mm-hmm. my tip of my tongue. And then you're like, bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> but as soon as I put it on, button like comes over and I'm like, you cannot. Oh, yeah. No, I forgot. Essential oils are, like, really bad for cats. Yeah. Well, you could dilute it. 
Maybe I'll just keep a little bottle, do a big sniff and then roll over. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, (laughs) do you uh, think that would work? Yeah, well, well, the reason I started using it, like, for bedtime was my friend Morgan, like, whenever I would sleep over at her house, because she has, like, every oil under the sun, Mm -hmm. she would, like, come to me and, like, drop uh, (laughs) um, some lavender in my hands. And then she would be like, okay, warm it up so, like, it gets your body temperature. And then you put it here. Mm hmm. You just inhale it, mm-hmm. and then oh, I sleep. I sleep so good when I'm at Morgan's because of that. Yeah, we just go to bed, and she goes, "One for me, one for you." <laughs> and we lay down, and we're like, "I deserve it." <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. I really don't sleep when I'm at other people's houses too. I normally don't sleep at anybody's houses, but Morgan's, I'm fucking out like a light. Plus, also, I know that if anything happens, like. She's like a fucking little, she's like a natural little nurse. She's like, oh, okay, oh, you got that's this, nice. you got this. Like I've had good hands. every ailment under the sun. Like the, one of the first times I went to her house, I got food. <laughs> oh no. We went, we had such a good day. We, we did like an abs class. Like we were feeling good. We did yoga. Like we did some fucking meditation shit. And then we went out for dinner and we went to this sushi place. And I was the only person that got cooked food. Cause I was like, I don't want to have raw food. Cause I was like, uh, 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 uh. and then she was like, literally, if you're at a sushi place, no, I think Michael said this. He's like, you're at, so you're at a sushi, sushi place and you pick cooked food. Yeah. They're probably, they're probably like, I don't know how to prepare this. It's yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking of. But also if you did all of those things, maybe your body was purging. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing to me? Yeah. So yeah. So then we were like, all sitting there and like, oh, everything's so fun. And then all of a sudden I was like, uh-oh, oh, something's God. happening. And then, so she was like, like right, like she was on it quick. She was like, okay, you have like, cause she's all essential oils, right? And all natural stuff. She worked for doTERRA? Yes. <laughs> and she's the reason I why it. I joined doTERRA. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she had, okay, here, put this on, put this on. She like put something on the back of my neck. Like I was in the bathroom, like on the toilet, like cradling oh. the bucket. And she like came in and put something on the back of my neck. And like, she's like, okay, take this. And then she set up like a little room and like a little bed. And she's like, okay, ginger, this, 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 and this. And then she got me hooked on the peppermint beads. That's for nausea. She made me tea with like a little bit of pep- more peppermint in it. <laughs> she's a saint. Well, I was going to say, what's her secret? But you already told me her secret. Dodera. And she's also not sponsored. She's also a, a Taurus. Ah, uh, yes. Well. You know what I was thinking is funny? Mm. Okay, so you have this with me, and then you have the pop. What's it clicking? It's you, and that stupid oh, thing. Get out of here. <laughs> it landed in my plant. Oh, just beside it. <laughs> it hit it. It grazed it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is that clicking? I was thinking you have this with me and then the other thing with with the uh, YouTube with Alice. Mm-hmm. And is it isn't it funny that both of your like, you know, business partners are May 9 Tauruses? Yeah, you're both born on May 9 and you both have ADD. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I true. Mean, birds of a feather. Yeah. I'm only a couple of days away from being a Taurus. I know. The cutoff. Stuck being an Aries. Fuck. Fucking fire. Fire lady. Fire biatch. Ugh. Um, we need you though because otherwise nothing would get done right <laughs> it's true it's true we don't have anybody I'm the one to- who's like yeah let's go fucking go 
Meanwhile, my own life is absolute chaos with a hundred started <laughs> projects and none of them finished. <laughs> yeah, but we need that. Otherwise, I'm really good at delegating started. and not so much doing on my own. Well, we need direction, so. <laughs> um, oh, when you're talking about the hotel, I was going to say something. Man, my brain is just broken today. You need a little like pad out. Brokey brain. Down. That's a genius idea. Yeah. Whoever thought of taking notes? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> just while we're podcasting, so I don't forget yeah. these little. They're just like passing thoughts, and I'm I'm like, why? Why would you I just forget write that? them down? Why would anyways. I ever forget that? I know because when I'm editing the podcast, I have to write yes. shit down because you otherwise I'm like I'm at the end and I'm like saved upload and then I'm like what did I just what do? did we talk about? Yeah. <laughs> Even though I just spent two hours doing it. Yeah. Oh, um, I have to pick a spell for this week too, eh? Yes. You do. <laughs> um, I shuffle these like I'm not going to fucking paw through every single one of them. Yeah, oh. to find one that you like. Ooh, Ooh what's that one with the moon on it? What's this one? This is just the phases of the moon part two. What's that one though? Charging your tools. When's the full moon? Who knows? Gotta be soon because I, so I looked at it the other night and it was yeah, like waxing, you know? It was waxing. It was waxing hard. Yeah, it was waxing hard for sure. When is it? It's But she's waxing. Look at her. She's fucking waxing. For sure. Maybe it'll be a full moon by the time this comes out. Yeah, let's take a look here. It's a full moon on April 5th. Mm. No. It'll be a full moon before then. Before okay. this comes well, out. Well, Put this in your back pocket. Put this in your... The timing will never be right. The file in your brain. For these. Yeah, so... So, whatever. I'd like to hear it. Hang on All a right. Bing! <laughs> this is just a little... Fuck your life! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Bing bong! <laughs> did, I, did I tell you that in my... In my Zelda game, I tamed a horse and named it Bing Bong. No. <laughs> so I'll be like too far out of range and I'll whistle for it. And the thing comes up and it says like, Bing Bong. Sorry, it's like, sorry, Bing Bong could not hear you. Oh, <laughs> it's too bad he doesn't yell like Bing Bong. Well, it's funny because it's when he goes, when you go up and you register your horse too, it says you have to put in a name and I put in, oh. I'm sorry. I drooled. <laughs> the weird, I didn't even feel that. <laughs> Just escaped your lips. I got problems. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Bing bong. Let's get back to the task at hand. Tell me about your horse, Bing bong. Yes, thank you. So when you go and you register your horse, it's like, you got to give it a name. And so I was like, okay, Bing bong. And then he goes, are you sure you want to name your horse Bing bong? <laughs> I should just tame them all and then just go through the whole thing. Yes. You see these dogs in your front yard? <laughs> you want to tell Joe Byron right now. <laughs> I love that it can still make us laugh. And it's just oh, like, it, what, what was that? Like 2020? I don't even know, but it was so fucking good. It was good. years ago. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Sorry, 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 sorry. Let's do this again. Charging your tools. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. 
Charging your tools gives them more power when used in your spells, and this can be done in different ways. You may charge the object by allowing it to bathe in the moonlight. Place the tool under the light of a full moon for one night to fully charge your tool. You can also charge a candle by aligning it with a quartz stone for a full day. Interesting. Oh, I've never, never heard that before. Yeah, I've never heard that. Also, how were you taught to like taught? How did you teach yourself? How did you learn how to there you go. <laughs> how to um like cleanse your like crystals and such? Um I don't remember the point where I learned, <laughs> learned it. But to <laughs> cleanse my crystals, it's the full moon. Um sorry, it's a night under the full moon or a day in the sun, or I will smoke cleanse them. Oh. I guess you could sound cleanse them too, but I don't have one of those. So, Why? Why you ask me that? Well, I just want to know because different people, like, they cleanse their shit in different ways, I guess. Right. What about you? Um, I bury mine in salt. Oh, I have done that before oh, too. That's okay. how I. That's how I cleansed my pendulum. Oh. But I think that was the only thing I've ever done like that, though. Yeah. Um, bury them in salt, but I also, like, you got to double check which ones you can and can't do this with, but I also yes, like to some do the water. Them, yes. But you can't put selenite. You can't put, like, I don't think you can tourmaline. get fluorite, fluorite wet, like. Black tourmaline, too. Yeah. I don't think you could do that either. It's very sandy. Yes. I would imagine maybe mica. You can basically. Maybe mica, you probably can't do that with either. Yeah, like, sure. I think basically, like, you could, you're only really safe to do it with, like, quartz. So, I mean, Any quartz citrine. If um, you touch your crystal, like usually you can tell. Yeah. Is this going to be water soluble? Yeah. <laughs> if I soak this. Yeah. Will it turn to <laughs> sand? <laughs> Mud? Yeah. Not a crystal anymore? Yeah, exactly. I haven't taken very good care of my crystals lately. My crystals are much. neglected currently. They're Special all dusty. Work. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently mine are surrounded by roasted potatoes. Oh, gosh. Hilarious. Popcorn. Still funny. Still funny. Never Still not super funny. Never not funny. <laughs> um, all right, you have a story for us. Yeah, she's a long one, but I think it might be good because Reddit says it's good. And I mean, when did Reddit ever? In Reddit lie? we trust, apparently. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. That needs to be a shirt. Yeah. Okay. In Reddit we trust. Okay, this is a let's, what did you say? Let's. This is from the subreddit Let's Not Meet. <gasps> um, and I personally love this subreddit, but I can only read it sparingly because I get too scared. So warning before you listen to this story, it does contain triggers and um, themes, including unaliving oneself, gaslighting, bullying, drug use, and detailed description of drug use, and the use of guns. So, viewer discretion is advised. Yeah. Please take care. All right. Tell us this let's not meet story. Okay. This is from two years ago um, the, when they wrote it. Um, and it's from the subreddit, let's not meet. Um, and it's from the user... S. Banyan 75. And she says that this took place between 1995 and 2002. 
Okay. So it's a while ago. So before like all of our like cell phones and all the social medias and such. Right. Right. Important to note, I'm sure. Yeah. So this is labeled by the subreddit as an epic story. And there's also like a ton of awards at the top. Whoa. Okay. So I figure, okay. Yeah. Right. Can't really go so wrong. it's kind of long, but I think it might be worth it because like literally it has like over 7,000 upvotes and like whatever, lots of comments and shit too. Lay it on me. Okay. This is a story I have wanted to tell for a long time. It's long. It is as long as it needs to be to say what I need to say. <laughs> I did include a too long didn't read at the bottom. <laughs> this took place between 1995 and 2002. Everyone has a bad friend or two. I had an epically bad friend. Oh, should I, I should probably read the title of this. Probably. Okay. The title. Wait, back up from your mic a little bit. You're a little p p p p p p The title. Yeah. No, you're good. You're just eating the mic there. Okay. The title is Psycho Former Friend from High School Planned to Kill Me Because She Was Insane About a Boy. Okay. Everyone has had a bad friend or two. I had an epically bad friend. If it hadn't happened to me, it would never have known, or I would never have known that this strange mental disorder was real or that people could behave this way outside of Lifetime Channel movies. I grew up in northern Indiana. I went to a large high school in the mid-90s. In my senior year, I met another student named Hannah who had recently transferred from the main Catholic school in the area. That was an unusual... It was unusual to transition so late from private to public school. Hannah said that she had been expelled because of a fight with another student over some drama about a boy. She said the other girl had made allegations against her and accused her of attacking her. Whatever had happened, the police had been contacted and she had restraining orders placed on her by the other girl. It had forced her expulsion and that was how I came to meet her. Hannah said none of it was true and she said she never tried to hurt her. Later, I went to college in Indiana, and she went to college in Florida. One day, a friend of mine from the dorms ran into a guy she had known from Catholic school back in my hometown. Once he left, she told me about this incident that had happened to him, where these two girls were fighting over him about which one was his girlfriend. Neither one of them was dating him, and yet both of these girls thought that they were in a secret relationship with him. The whole thing had been very strange. Then she said one of them was a girl named Hannah. The next summer, I was back in my hometown, and Hannah was also. I hung out with her casually. I told her what I had heard about her. She said she would tell me what really happened. She had a crush on this boy, but she, hadn't, but she had seen him talk to another student named Julie and became jealous. She said she was convinced that this boy, Mike, wanted to be her boyfriend. She was sure Julie must have said something bad about her. Hannah and Julie were popular and pretty and cheerleaders, but she hated everything about her, so she decided she would try to see if she could push her to commit suicide. Oh, okay. Yikes. She's trying to push her to do... Oh, my God. Yikes. Hannah said it had... Wait, hang on. Sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt it's okay. you. I love... Like, she's trying to defend herself. By saying, yeah. Let me tell you the real story. What really happened... It's not that bad. What really happened is that... <laughs> this girl to do this like what that's so fucked up like that's not any better no it's like the uh, like not even being aware of how awful that is like just say like saying that like out loud like what yeah Yeah. 
Um, Hannah said it hadn't worked, but that she had a nervous breakdown. I asked her what she had done. We went back to Hannah's house and up in her bedroom, she pulled something out from the back of her closet. It was a set of books. One book was how to use dirty tricks to get revenge on people. And one was a book with a cartoon character on the front pulling their hair out. And it said in big letters, gaslighting. Oh my God. Imagine studying gaslighting to do this to somebody. Yeah. Fuck. Yikes. I know it's co- it's a common phrase now, but back in 1995, I had never heard of it. I asked Hannah what the book was about, and she said it was about how to drive someone crazy. She said it was simple. You just make them feel, you just make them believe things that aren't really true or that things they think are real never happened. She told me what she really did to Julie a couple years back in high school. She had pretended to be friends with her. She got her phone number, and then she had started making these anonymous phone calls to her. This would have been way before cell phones were common. She had a friend from her church who had a crush on her and she would, okay, I feel like this is like, this story is like way too much. Like there's just like, the next one she's like, wait, hold on. Where'd it go? Like too much to have in the podcast? Like I just feel like it's so, like it's so fucked up. Outrageous. Yeah. Like, I almost, like, don't want to read it because I, like, feel like it's just going to be, like, so depressing and, like, so fucked up. Well, I'm still invested, so keep You're still invested? Okay. She had pretended to be friends with her. She got her phone number, and then she had started making these anonymous phone calls to her. This would have been way before cell phones were common. She had a friend from her church who had a crush on her, and she would trade sexual favors with him in exchange for him pretending to be Mike on the phone. Mm. he would get a blow job for every time he did this for Hannah. Fake Mike would tell Julie not to talk in school so that they could keep that. That's why they thought she was in a relationship. Yeah. Um, Fake Mike would tell Julie not to talk in school so that they could keep things private. Hannah would put notes in her locker and sign Mike's name name to them. Fake Mike would make plans to meet Julie at the mall or the movies and then never show up. For 15 years old, like, this is, like, like next level, like, like like, how do you know to do this? That's so young to have all that shitty stuff done to you. Yeah. All in, like, one chunk of time. Side note, I'm sorry, maybe I missed it here, but what are they trying to accomplish by making her think she's in a relationship with this guy yeah like, like why do they want her to think that I just to get sad and upset and make her feel crazy yeah i don't get it okay um it sounds very stupid but they would have been 14 or 15 year old girls when this happened hannah said she had done something really embarrassing but that it had worked she had a mixed tape and she would whisper nasty little phrases like, you want to die, or you should kill yourself, between the songs, and had played it in her bedroom while Julie was over. Like, like subliminal message stuff? Yeah. Fuck. Obviously, she commented on it, and Hannah sat there with a straight face, and said she didn't hear anything, and had no idea what she was talking about. So not subliminally, just being an asshole. Yeah. She had set it up with her brother earlier and had asked him to help her play a prank on her friend. He came into her bedroom and said he couldn't hear anything and turned around and told Julie that she must be crazy. 
That makes me feel sick. Yeah. Julie's parents decided to confront this boy and his family about his behavior towards their daughter. He had no idea what was going on. Because her parents had confronted this boy about something he was never doing, Julie had been publicly humiliated at her high school, and everyone was talking about how crazy she was. Hannah loved every bit of it until Julie's parents got the phone bill and decided to give it a good look. Good for Julie's (laughs) parents. Fuck yeah, parent win. (laughs) Mike had not been calling their house, but somebody had been. They had numerous anonymous phone calls. They checked it out and found out they were all coming from Hannah's home phone number. Julie confronted Hannah about it at school, and that was when something violent happened between the two of them in the stairwell. Julie said Hannah had started screaming at her that Mike was her secret boyfriend. Hannah was very angry about that. She said Julie made that part up to try to get back at her and embarrass her for what she had done. She said Julie was exaggerating about what happened in the stairwell and it had been an accident. She said that she never tried to push her over the railing. She had merely just bumped into her. Oh, no. Hannah wasn't embarrassed about it. She was proud of it. The only thing that upset her was that she had been caught but she said that most of the people at her Catholic school still thought that Julie was crazy, so she considered it something of a victory. Hannah didn't have anything to say in her defense, just that when she liked a boy, she would do anything to be with them. That's not a flex. No, that's fucked up. Yeah. That summer, Hannah started dating a guy named Derek. Every time I saw her, she told me tales about their wild and crazy sex life and how much he was in love with her. Hannah said it was a secret affair and they were sneaking around behind his girlfriend's back. We saw him once at a party and he screamed at Hannah to stay away from him and leave him and his girlfriend alone. Someone had been making strange anonymous phone calls to him and his girlfriend. He paid to have the number traced back and found out it was Hannah. Hannah admitted that she had been trying to break them up because he was taking too long to do it himself, but that she had over but that she had overplayed it and now he was angry and had broken things off with her. She was depressed after Derek, so I took her out to a bar. Why are you friends with this person? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, that's a lot of red flags. Yeah. Like, a lot of, like, very red flags. Yes. And they're fucking huge. Yeah. Um, Hannah started flirting with this much older guy in his 40s who was sitting by himself. She had recently purchased a cell phone, and this would have been in 1996 or 97, when they were still kind of new and novel. The next thing I knew, she has this phone out, and I thought she was giving this old guy her phone number. Instead, he asked her what she wanted him to say. She typed a phone number in, handed the guy her phone, and he made disgusting comments to whoever answered about how he was having sex with the guy's girlfriend, and commenting on what a whore she was. What? He hung up and started laughing and handed the phone back to Hannah. Hannah gave him a $20 bill and said the girl was a bitch and deserved it for stealing her boyfriend. She was paying complete strangers to anonymously call people she hated on her cell phone and recite some prearranged script to spread rumors about them. Ran into a mutual friend later in the summer and mentioned that Derek had broken things off with Hannah. She gave me a very funny look and said that maybe there had never been any relationship to break off. 
A year later, we were both temporarily living back with our parents in sort of a drift. Hannah had been kicked out of her dorm over an accusation made by another student and never completed her degree. She started hanging out with some old friends from high school. One of those former high school friends was a young woman named Kelly, who Hannah had been pretty good friends with. Something had happened between the two of them because Hannah went on and on about how much she hated her. It had something to do with Kelly's new boyfriend, Dan. This girl sucks. Hannah insisted that she was using him in some bizarre plot to make another man jealous and was worried that she would hurt him because she had found out about an STD she had. I drove by her house one night and there were two police cars out front. I went home and called her and she said she couldn't talk. I went over the next day and I thought their house had been robbed or something. No, the police had been there to talk to her about an incident that had been reported. Hannah was upset. She said that she had to tell the police that she had smoked weed and gotten high because Kelly had made an accusation against her. Hannah said it was an accident and a misunderstanding, and Hannah swore that she had not been trying to hurt her. The day after Hannah told me about how much she hated Kelly, apparently she had called up, called her up and said she wanted to talk to her about something. She and another friend had shown up, and the three of them had gone out to some local overlook to smoke a joint. The other girl waited down below for the two of them to talk privately. Hannah had asked Kelly to look at, at something, and when she turned her back, Kelly said Hannah grabbed her and tried to push her off the cliff. They were about 100 feet up in the air, and she would most likely have been killed by the fall. Kelly said that they fought back and forth, and she regained her balance and had took off screaming about what Hannah had tried to do. Do you know what this reminds me of? What? Did you ever watch the movie The Orphan? No. And then the second one just came out recently? No. Okay. Well, if you know, you know. Okay. <laughs> Hannah had said it was all a misunderstanding. It was an accident. She had been trying to show her something, but then had lost her balance because she was high from the marijuana and had grabbed Kelly to stabilize herself and not push her off the edge. She said Kelly had almost fallen off because she had hysterically overreacted. Okay, this girl's... Okay, so everybody she... Every girl she touches... Yeah. ...has fallen. Yes. Almost fallen. Yeah. But it's never her fault. No. It's always an accident. Yeah. And the other person is always severely overreacting. Yes. And like, I mean, the, <laughs> the pattern is like. Is like so. Very clear. Blatant. Yeah. yeah. So, obo- so obvious. So obvious. Obvious. <laughs> um, and not only that, she's like literally like, how can you believe a word that this person says after you've seen these books like 10 years ago of mm-hmm. like, what? Mm-hmm. So fucking bizarre. Yeah, I wouldn't trust anything that this person has to say. And this is like the third, like the second or third person this has happened to. Like, I wonder if you get to the point where you're like too deep in your friendship and you have to be friends because if you don't, she'll try and push you. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's safer to be friends with her. Yeah. Scary. So scary. Um, That's a movie. Yeah. Kelly had been very upset and insisted that Hannah had done it on purpose, and she said that it was because she was jealous over her relationship with Dan. She said it was obvious to everyone that Hannah was obsessed with him. 
What Kelly had not done, however, was tell the police that they had smoked a joint right before this happened. And when Hannah did, the police said that they didn't have enough evidence for any kind of case. They weren't happy with Kelly for omitting the part on their on that account. How, who's to say that she omitted it and the other girl just didn't make it up? Yeah, exactly. Literally. Get fucked. <laughs> that was it for Hannah and most of her high school friends, or at least for a couple of years. Kelly stuck to her version of what happened, and her friends sided with her. People began talking about the strange rumors that had followed Hannah around since high school. I thought it was suspicious, but I couldn't bring myself to believe that she tried to kill another woman. I thought. Like one is not enough? Yeah. This is like woman number three over here. Or two, I can't remember. Um, I thought it was suspicious, blah, blah, blah. I thought that sort of thing only happened in the movies, not in small towns in Indiana. Mm-hmm. I did not, however, want to be friends with her. She was an embarrassment to be around. She had almost no friends left in town at that point. A doy. She called me up to tell me that she had decided that she needed to change and she was going to pursue a different career and move to Minneapolis to make that happen. She moved in 1998 and I honestly thought I would never see her again and I wish I hadn't. Oh gosh. She called me about a year and a half later. She said she was doing really well and that the move had been good. She said that she had made friends and she met a boy and was completely in love. She said this was the guy she was going to marry. She said his name was Dan, and she told me he was the guy that had gotten her interested in punk rock and heroin. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> girls, always marry the boy who introduced you to heroin. Yeah, drugs. We're joking, of course. Yeah, do not do drugs. Don't do that. Um, I kind of paused when she said that. I wasn't in, I wasn't, any kind of angel in my 20s but I had never even dabbled in the hard stuff like that and I didn't it didn't sound very good Hannah insisted it wasn't a habit she said it was amazing and easy to control as long as you were careful this was a complete change in lifestyle and scene before this she had been something of a hippie chick but that was all gone now at this point in her life it revolved around hair punk rock heroin and Dan She wanted to come back for a visit and we went to the mall and she stopped at a kiosk and said she wanted to buy a cell phone. Jesus Christ. Mm, Like a burner phone? Yeah, I think so. She lived eight hours away in a completely different state with a completely different area code. We got into a small argument about it. Back in 2000, cell phones were purchased and billed from your local area code and you could have paid through the nose if you were roaming. Hannah said to just drop it because she has done her research and it would be fine. She bought the phone and listed her boyfriend, Dan, as the main user on the registration. She left, and I noticed she had left her curling iron behind, and I thought I would surprise her by calling her new cell phone. She had set it up at my house, and I got the number from the caller ID. No one picked up. Instead, it went to an answering machine for Dan. The same Dan that had been dating Kelly years earlier, and the same Dan that Hannah had been accused of being obsessed with. There was no doubt about who it was. I hung up and wondered why she had lied to me about who her boyfriend really was. A couple of minutes later, Hannah called me back on her original cell phone. I played it off as a coincidence that I had just called the other number. She said she had run into hometown Dan and his friends, and he had lost his phone, so Hannah had done him a favor and given him the one that she had just purchased. That is... (laughs) I have no words. Uh, she's 
So many things. Yes. I was going to say a pathological liar, but she's so many Oh, yeah, things. like all-encompassing. I said how strange it was that she would buy a phone for her boyfriend, Dan, only to run into someone else with the same name <laughs> and give it away instead. Suspicious. <laughs> Dan's real name is very common, probably one of the most common names for men of my generation. And Hannah joked about how many different people she knew with that exact same name. Yeah, like you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Muhammad's the most common name in the... <laughs> yeah. What is that? Yes. Read a fucking book. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, do you know what that's from? <laughs> no, I, I feel like it. I do, but I, I can't name it. On Superbad. Oh like, yes, when he's like Muhammad was his name on his ID. McLovin. Yeah, yeah. And then he was like, "Why would it be Muhammad? Muhammad's one of the most fucking common names." That's what you're fucking English like. dictionary. Read a fucking book. <laughs> uh, okay. Um. A couple months later, she called. She wanted to visit again in the summer. No matter what she said about being in control of the heroin use, it was very obvious that it had become a full-fledged habit. Things had taken a turn in her life, and her boyfriend, Dan, had moved to Chicago. Hannah said that he was still in love with her, and they were still together, but that something had happened with his ex-girlfriend, and they were taking a break and only seeing one another privately. Hannah said that he was trying to protect her. According to Hannah's ex, no, according to Hannah, his ex-girlfriend had refused to accept their breakup and that they had been, and she had been stalking Dan for months. It was one of the reasons she, that he had moved. She had taken an overdose of heroin and had tried to commit suicide when she found out that Hannah and Dan were together. That was the reason that they had decided that they had to keep their relationship secret. That was why Hannah was really in town. He was going to be coming later to join her, and they had set it all up together. I wanted to meet him, but Hannah said he wouldn't act like her boyfriend when other people were around. She's delusional. Yikes. They're not together. No. I started to question her. She got angry and said that she wouldn't let me meet him because I wouldn't understand their relationship. Oh, fuck. We got into a fight. I ordered her out of my house and made it clear that I wanted nothing to do with her. Uh-oh. Big mistake. Yikes. <clears throat> her mother called me about a year later. She said that Hannah was living with them in Atlanta because something very bad had happened in Minneapolis. Hannah didn't have any friends left, obviously. Her mother straight up begged me to please forgive her so she could have someone to talk to. She said Hannah had spent three- A therapist. Yeah. (laughs) That's what you're looking for. Yeah. She said Hannah had spent three months in rehab and was off the heroin, but emotionally not doing well. She said she had to make a trip back to Minneapolis to take care of some things and pick up some of her stuff. Her mother was worried about being back there and around her old friends would trigger her and want to use again. She said it was very important that Hannah not relapse. If she did, the consequences would be severe. She wanted me to go with her, and I said I would. No. No. <laughs> so sad. She lived, right? Because she's right yeah, yeah, there. So lived. thank God for that. Hannah wouldn't tell me what happened. She just said that someone had almost died and it had been an accident, but it had still been her fault. And the girl was super overreacting. (laughs) Yeah. And she almost fell. (laughs) She drove into town to pick me up for our trip to Minneapolis, but said that we had to stop somewhere first. 
We went to the old bar downtown that we used to hang out in when, she, we had, when, when she had lived in town. She said that she had to meet someone there. Some young woman walks in and Hannah walked over to her and hugged her and they started to cry. She was apologizing all over the place and kept telling her she needed her to realize that it had been an accident. The woman said that she forgave her, but that her life had been difficult since what happened and she could no and she could not have anything to do with Hannah anymore and could no longer be friends with her. Hannah asked if she had ever spoken to her ex-boyfriend and had a chance to work things out with him. She said no, he was mad at her and refused to talk to her. Hannah said he had a new cell phone and wanted and she gave her the number just in case she changed her mind and wanted to get a hold of him. She's up to her old tricks. Mm-hmm. She left. I was sitting there totally confused what uh, about what I just heard and witnessed. I was really uncomfortable with what I had heard. I asked Hannah if the ex-boyfriend she was talking about was hometown Dan. She said no, someone else that I had never met. Hannah said... Name, also Dan. Yeah. Hannah said she and her Dan had broken up because he was still using heroin, and she said it was too painful to talk about him. She said it was so painful that when we got to Minneapolis to please not bring him up. She said her friends knew not to mention him around her, and she asked me not to also. We got to Minneapolis, and the young woman we were staying with turned out to be one of Hannah's former roommates. That is when I found out about what really happened and what Hannah had been refusing to talk about. It turned out that... I can't wait. I can't (laughs) wait. It turned out that that girl from the bar had been the other roommate, the one that had almost died because of something that Hannah did. We settled in, and Hannah said that she could explain what happened a year ago. A year ago? That was the first time I realized that this had happened much longer in the past than I thought. The former roommate said that she was happy that Hannah was clean, but she needed to ex- needed her to explain why she had tried to kill the other girl. Those were her words. She wasn't calling it an accident. She said she was there. She saw it, and Hannah had done that to her on purpose, and she wanted to know why. And this is what she described. Hannah had had a friend from Indiana that had broken up with her boyfriend, Dan, after Hannah had told her that she found out he was cheating on her and had gotten another woman pregnant. Hannah invited her to live up with her in Minneapolis to get away from him and start over. She had no idea that Hannah was a heroin user. She did not like Minneapolis. She had experienced a run of bad luck and the couple of weeks she had been there and even thought Hannah kept trying to convince her to stick it out to see if she would like it. Um, She had decided that she was going to leave and go back home. She regretted her breakup with Dan. She wanted to talk to him and see if they could work through it. They had been together for almost two years. She was worried because she had lost touch with him. Hannah had been able to track down his phone number for her through some mutual friends, but no matter how many times she called or how much she begged, he refused to answer her calls or call her back when she left messages. She was upset and told Hannah that she was going to stop by his apartment to see him on her way back to Indiana. She was supposed to be leaving within a day. Hannah kept insisting that she would like heroin if she would just try a little bit and had been pressured pressuring her very hard to join in with everyone else the roommate was angry about that 
She said Hannah knew she was scared and didn't even want to try it. Hannah had promised her that she would be safe and promised her that it would just be a small dose. Hannah said that she knew what she was doing and she gave in. Hannah bought the heroin and she bought a lot more than normal, which she said was for a party later. She prepared the needles and said she had just used a small amount. Instead, she had used all that she had bought, which turned out to be way more than was necessary to kill all of them. Hannah had given the girl the injection, and she slumped over immediately and stopped breathing. Sorry, hang on. Is this the girl that was pregnant? No. No. Sorry. This is the girl that, like, broke up with Dan because apparently Dan cheated on her and, like, got a girl pregnant. Sorry. (laughs) For a second, I I thought that she invited the girl who was pregnant to come live with her. I don't think so. That's just me hearing it wrong. Okay. Um, Hannah had then moved on to the other roommate and told her everything was fine in the other room and that she was just enjoying herself. She said to convince her to take her, she tried to convince her to take her dose, but she wanted to check on the other girl first. Thank God. Thank God someone has some sense here. Yes. Hannah walked over and had an imaginary conversation with the young woman who was completely unconscious and tried to convince the other roommate that she was fine. She went to check on herself. She went to check on her herself and immediately saw that she wasn't even breathing, panicked, and started screaming at Hannah about why she was lying. She ran for the phone. Hannah ran after her. She dialed 911. Hannah grabbed the phone and hung it up. They called back and she said it had been a mistake and that they were fine. Hannah wouldn't let her near the phone and kept trying to tell her that she was being hysterical and everyone was okay. Hannah tried to pin her down and force the needle on her, and she fought back and ran out of the apartment down the hall to the neighbors and called 911. Oh, my God. I have fucking chills. When the paramedics got there, the girl was clinically dead. They worked on her and got a heartbeat and transferred her to a local hospital in a comatose state. She lived, but for a while, it wasn't clear if she would pull through. Hannah told the police she didn't know why she had done it. After talking with a lawyer, she said it was because of heroin psychosis and that she had been temporarily insane at the time. She agreed to take a she agreed to long-term rehab stay and a year of drug testing and probation. After the charges against her were dropped, that had been the reason that it was so important that Hannah did not relapse. She would have been looking at prison time. Oh my god. Hannah said that it had been Hannah said that it had been a strange temporary hallucination that had caused her behavior and that she had never meant to hurt her and the whole thing had been an accident and a misunderstanding. Oh. The same excuse she always used. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spell this out since the morons who work for the Minneapolis Police Department were too stupid to realize this 20 years ago. Hannah was obsessed with this girl's boyfriend Dan. She had been obsessed with him for years. She had developed a detailed and deranged fantasy that the two of them were in a secret relationship together because she has a peculiar and somewhat rare psychiatric condition called erotomania or D-Clermabalt's syndrome. She believed that this young woman was standing in the way of their romance, so she ingratiated herself to her and pretended to be her friend so that she could find a way to get close enough to her to get her out of the way. 
She successfully managed to spread rumors and interfere in the relationship enough that the two of them broke up and then Hannah invited this young woman to Minneapolis to isolate her from her other friends and control what information she had access to. Hang on, wait, wait, wait. So he probably never got another girl pregnant. Oh, probably not. She probably just made did it up. all of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's probably why he was still mad at her. Yeah. Because she, she didn't believe him when he said no. This yeah. Isn't true. Exactly. This girl is just ruining people's lives left, right, and center. Yeah. This was back in the year 2000. We didn't have text message or Facebook back then for keeping in touch with people. She lulled her into a false sense of friendship and security so that she could manipulate her and get close enough to hurt her. When she realized she was still in love with Dan and wanted to talk to him, Hannah realized that she would eventually find out that the rumors she had been told were not true and that Hannah was the source. Yep. I have fucking chills. Gross. She purchased a cell phone in Indiana and made a recording of Dan's answering machine message so that she could impersonate him on the phone. And so the young woman would believe that she was in contact with him. So wait, when they were together and stuff like at the bar and that, it was all still attacking this girl. Yeah. For this end game. Yes. Holy shit. She never knew that Dan never received the messages Hannah was using that to spy on her. When she said she was going to go back home and show up and see if Dan would talk to her in person, Hannah knew that meant she would find out that she had given her a fake phone number and that she had gone to extreme lengths to prevent her from speaking to him and it would be obvious why. She tried to talk her into trying heroin because she planned on killing her and her other roommate because that would be a good way to make it appear to be an accident. Hannah was about to have her obsessions with Dan, her delusional beliefs about him, and her bizarre mental disorder exposed, and she knew that. She knew for at least a day or more before the incident, which is why it is clear that her actions were premeditated, because her motive was. All of this would have been remarkably easy to figure out if the police had contacted Dan and if they had taken a look at Hannah's phone records. Phone harassment has always been her favorite hobby. Instead, they treated it like the other 999 overdoses they have to respond to every month and gave Hannah the old rehab or prison option. Since her family could afford a lawyer and a three-month rehab stay, that was the option she took. The police never investigated her for anything. They never contacted Dan at the center of this and never took any serious look into her background. It wasn't an accident. It was an attempted murder and a pretty easy one to prove at that. Instead, the police totally dropped the ball, and because of their incompetence, she was allowed to completely get away with it. By the way, just in case any idiots who work for the Minneapolis Police Department ever read this, there is no statute of limitations on first-degree attempted murder. At the time, I didn't know any of this. I was trying to act as a support system for a former friend who was suicidal on the cusp of a heroin relapse. I was suspicious, but anytime I asked Hannah questions, she just said it was too painful to talk about or would guilt trip me about not respecting her boundaries. Jesus Christ. She had sworn to me that this young woman had never been in any relationship with the Dan from our hometown that she had known years earlier. I returned to Indiana and Hannah returned to her parents in Atlanta and I didn't talk to her for a while. She called later and wanted to visit her old hometown again. Once again, I let her stay with me. God. The fuck is wrong with this person? She's we, got a death wish. 
we ran into Dan. He moved to uh, he moved to Chicago, but he just happened to be back in town that weekend. I hadn't seen him in years. Hannah had contacted him to get together. She spent the whole afternoon trying to pull him aside to talk to him, but instead he made it clear that he had only shown up because he wanted to see me. He had broken up with Kelly years earlier that I had thought, but I had thought he had a long-term girlfriend since then. Dan said that he had left him. Oh, Dan said she had left him a year ago and just disappeared. He had called her repeatedly, but she had completely cut him off. He was nice to me. He, or he was nice to me. He was handsome. He was a lot of fun to be around, and he asked me out. We made plans to meet up the next day. She's with Dan? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. I saw him at a bar, and he turned around and walked out the door and wouldn't even... Wait, wait. Sorry. We made plans to meet up the next day. I saw him at a bar, and he turned around and walked out the door and wouldn't even look at me. I was upset and confused. Hannah was super sympathetic. She apologized for not telling me that what he was like and said he had this weird thing with lying to girls and playing with their emotions by pretending to like them. It wasn't like I had, I had never been lied to by a boy, but this felt strange. A week later, my student loan came through and I decided to go back to college and finish my degree. I moved a couple hours away. The first person that called me was Hannah. Once again, I wanted to come... She wanted to come visit me. She insisted that she had gone out and got me a surprise and she needed to give it to me in person. She said that she had something really important she wanted to talk to me about and she said that it would sound weird, but she asked me to promise that I wouldn't tell anyone and that she was coming to see me and I humored her. She showed up at my apartment and she walked in. When she walked in, the first thing she asked me was if I had told anyone that she would be there. At first, I said no. She said that she had something for me and reached into her purse. It's a fucking gun. Oh, God. She said that she, oh, she paused and said she just wanted to make sure that no one knew that she was there. This, oh. this is so scary, dude. I'm so afraid. Have you read this yet? No. We're in this together. Oh, okay. I was frustrated and I kind of offhand said that no one besides my mom and my best friend. She should have just, fuck's sakes. Hannah got furious. She was angry that I had told anyone that she would be there and refused to show me what she had brought me as a surprise. I would clock this bitch and look in her bag. (laughs) Yes. She went and locked it in her glove compartment because she said she didn't want me to snoop in her stuff and find it. One hundo P it was a gun. Oh, for sure. She kept saying she wanted to talk about something, but it wasn't the right time. She decided to go home a day early. Then one day, a couple weeks later, out of the blue, she just showed up on my doorstep one evening. I was on the phone with my best friend, who, by the way, went to the same Catholic high school as Hannah, and while not close friends with her, knew who she was. I was talking to her when I saw Hannah walk up to my front door. It was an eight-hour drive from Atlanta to Indiana. I got up and opened the door, and I still had the phone to my ear. When I opened it, Hannah had her head down, and she had one hand inside her purse. Mm. I said her name. She looked up at me, and she pulled something purple from her purse. She saw I was on the phone and swiveled around and put whatever she had been holding in her hand back inside of her bag. She was acting very strange, and she was shaking, and I was worried. I asked her to come inside. 
At this point, I was convinced that she was back on heroin and that had been the secret she had been trying to talk to me about for months. She said that she was upset about a boy and needed to talk to me. She said that something, um, she said she had something that she wanted to show me and she reached into her purse and pulled out a handgun. I fucking knew it. It was purple and it was a purple and black revolver and I had realized from the color it was, I realized from the color that it was what she had pulled from her purse when I first answered the door. She said that she had been checking to make sure the safety was on and I luck I was lucky that she hadn't accidentally shot me because I had startled her. Of course, because it would be her fault. Yes. Not Hannah's. Hannah said that gun was because she was back on heroin <sighs> and scared of the part of town that she had to go to buy it. I didn't know back then, but revolvers don't have safeties. Oh shit. I think they have them now, but whatever. She told me about a musician in Atlanta that she had met and she was frustrated because he had a girlfriend and she hadn't been able to find a way to get him to pay attention to her. She wanted me to tell her um, what I had done to Dan so she could use it on this guy. She told me he was still talking about me months later and she wanted to know why he was still interested even though we hadn't talked since the previous summer. From my point of view... He wasn't. He had ghosted me months earlier. Hannah kept insisting that I must have done something to him. It was like she was implying I had hypnotized him or something. Absolutely ludicrous. And she wasn't, and she wanted me to tell her. I clearly explained that I hadn't done anything and had ignored, and he had ignored me and never returned my phone calls after I tried calling him. She cried and drank for a couple hours and then turned around and drove eight hours back to Atlanta in the middle of the night. Just for the record, Hannah was the one who gave me Dan's phone number. After this, something very strange seemed to get into motion. I got a phone call from an anonymous number, and when I answered it, it was Hannah who said someone wanted to talk to me, and she flipped me over to a three-way call with someone else. It was Dan's roommate and best friend in Chicago, and he started screaming at me, asking me why I was playing games with Dan and messing with him. He said he was going out of his mind, and I needed to call him back and stop whatever it was that I had been doing to him. I told him I don't know what he was talking about. Dan had never called me, and I tried to call him, and then we were disconnected. Then another anonymous call that was really Hannah with another three-way call and another group of boys who started yelling at me and telling me that they would kill me for what I had done to Dan. God, what did Hannah do? Then another disconnected line before I could ask them what they were talking about. Then I called Hannah to find out what the hell was going on. It was the craziest and most disturbing conversation I have ever had with another person. At first, she just kept saying that I had hurt Dan and I could not ever talk to him again or have any contact with him. None of it made any sense since this was about a guy that had refused to return my phone calls and had ignored me for months. Hannah started getting very upset and kept saying that I knew what I had done. I just wouldn't admit it. She said that Dan hated me and had never wanted anything to do with me, but that I was doing things to him to make him say that and and pretended that he liked me instead of her. I had no idea what the hell was going on. She said that Dan was her secret boyfriend and that he was in love with her and that they had been in love with for years. She said that 
the two of them had been together since they were teenagers and that I knew it, but I was pretending not to. I asked her how she could have been his girlfriend when I knew other girls he had dated, and she started screeching that those weren't real relationships. He was only pretending to like them. When he talked about them, he was really talking about her, but other people kept doing things to him so that he couldn't tell her directly how he felt, but she knew. She insisted that she found ways to let her know and that he was really thinking about her. She said that all of his friends respected their privacy, which was why they would play along when he pretended he was dating other people. She kept insisting she was in lo- he was in love with her and no one else. She said she was sick of people pretending to be her friend and then stabbing her in the back by going after her boyfriend and she said she would not put up with anyone coming between them and she would not let anyone hurt him. She said, I was forcing him to forget how he really felt and that it had hurt him not to be with her and she wouldn't let me hurt him. I realized that she wasn't making any sense and that she was totally psychotic. I told her never to contact me again and hung up. All I could think about was how she had pulled a gun out of her purse the last time she had showed up in my apartment by surprise. She had given a fatal overdose of heroin to another woman and had been accused by another of luring them to a ledge and trying to push her off. The one thing we all had in common was Dan. I called the number I had for Dan and it was disconnected. I thought about that weird situation with the cell phone she had purchased a couple years earlier. How does she not like automatically think, oh, this is like connected to this? I didn't think of that either. Why are like- No, I didn't think of that. Really? So she's obviously calling not Dan. Yeah, she's calling not Dan this entire time. Yeah. Um, Fuck, I didn't even realize that. Oh my God, it's fucking crazy. Um, How much, how long is this? How much longer is this? Um, Oh, almost, it's almost done. Okay. I'm just curious. Yeah. I'm, I'm right invested, but I'm just curious. Yeah. <laughs> I found that old number in my address book and called it, except this time it wasn't Dan's voice on the answering machine. It was mine. The psycho bitch had made a recording of my voicemail and had put it on a cell phone that she owned. Oh my God. And once I discovered that pretty much everything fell very close, very clearly into place. That was what had happened to that girl in Minneapolis. And that was why Dan had spent the last several months thinking he was contacting me. There was no relationship with Dan. It was all in Hannah's head and she was frantically trying to keep other women away from him to protect her fantasy from imploding. This poor guy. Hannah is psychotic. It is a mental disorder called erotomania and it is the fixed delusion, delusional belief that another person is secretly in love with you. Not everyone who has it will be violent, but some people are. In some cases, other people who used... No, other people are used in strange psychotic dramas and vicious smear campaigns that are aimed at trying to rearrange reality so that it conforms with the delusions inside of their head. The people that are perceived as standing in their way can be the victims victims of extreme violence. Hannah showed up the next day at my apartment screaming at me to let her in. I would not. And I was getting ready to call the police when she started crying and saying that Dan had killed himself and that... Oh my God, just call the police. Yeah. And then she walked away and said that that was the last time I ever saw her. I spoke to my parents 
who told me that I had received several phone calls to their house from people letting me know the same thing. I changed my phone number to keep her from contacting me. I contacted the police in Indiana who said if she showed up again that they could arrest her for felony intimidation, but not for anything she had done months earlier. I contacted the police in Minneapolis, but I knew very little information, only Hannah's name, not where or when it had happened. I asked repeatedly to please be allowed to speak to someone, but the woman on the phone said they weren't interested in talking to me. I moved so she wouldn't know where I lived. I cut myself off from anyone uh, from my hometown who I thought might know her, so nothing could ever get back to her where I lived. The last I heard from her, she was stalking some new guy down in Atlanta. I would have been more than happy to meet the bitch in a courtroom, but unfortunately the law is nothing you see on TV. So unless I ever have the privilege of sitting in on her sentencing hearing, Hannah from Indiana, let's not meet again. Holy shit. Yikes. So did he really die? I don't know. Um, someone, so the top comment says... Oh my God, that is the craziest, wackiest, most insane thing I've ever heard. She is batshit crazy. Thank God she didn't kill you. She obviously planned on it. Did Dan really kill himself? Did you ever get to speak to him or tell him anything she had done? I'm so very sorry you had to deal with Hannah the Psycho. So she she replied and said, Mm. yes, she is batshit crazy. Yes, I obviously think she planned on killing me, but the police said that it wouldn't be attempted murder unless she actually shot me. (sighs) They said they could have arrested her on felony intimidation if she came back, but she never did, and then I moved. No, Dan did not really kill himself. I spent seven years believing that he did. Oh, my God. He tried, but thankfully wasn't successful. Oh, shit. It was just another lie. Many, many years later, I tried contacting him on Facebook, but never heard back from him. It was apparently a horrible time in his life, and I haven't bothered him since because I don't want to pick out an old wound. Not only that, but, like, she's got ties in this guy, like, you wouldn't believe. And if she contacts him successfully and goes out to coffee with him or something, Mm -hmm. Hannah's going to know exactly where she is, and it's going to start all over again. And this person says, and I wouldn't put it past her to make a fake Facebook account under his name. Exactly. So what if that wasn't him? Like, oh, my God. Yikes. Fuck, that poor guy. He can't even live a regular life because of her. Every girl relationship because like, holy shit. (laughs) That is the most fucked up thing I've ever read. That was wild. And like from the age of like 14, 15, like what? That's like, do you remember swim fan? I never saw that. Um, or like, what is it? The roommate? Yeah, I saw that. It's like, it's like a, this is like a, little droplet yeah yeah sorry opposite that movie is like a droplet of this like this could be a crazy series like you yes yeah exactly yeah holy shit someone's gotta stop this woman she's never gonna stop and she'll probably never get caught if she hasn't already she's gonna kill somebody yeah yeah she hasn't successfully killed somebody already that we just don't know about this other comment that op replied to um this is crazy. That girl's a full-fledged psych- psychopath. So glad you got out of that situation okay. So is Hannah just free roaming around destroying people's lives? How has she not been institutionalized or thrown in jail at this point? I mean, she clearly has a trail of crazy shit that can't be deemed 
just coincidences by any law officer with a brain or more than one person willing to help prove it. I can't believe the officers wouldn't talk to you. Man, that is just crazy. I hope you never see that Muppet again. Oh, Muppet is my new favorite. <laughs> the insult. That's amazing. Um, OP said, yes, she is free to roam around and destroy people's lives. I have used literally the exact phrase about her myself. Technically, she has been institutionalized at least once. She did spend three months in a rehab and mental health facility, and she had to see a psychiatrist for two years when she was a teenager over whatever happened in Catholic school. It's just that erotomantics almost never are willing to admit their belief is a delusion, so she never talked about it. I agree with your assessment of law enforcement. After a certain amount of time, apparently they lose interest in mere attempted murders, and technically my lawyer said you can't typically use other incidences as they are considered prejudicial. But, it but I mean, it's a pattern. Yeah. It demonstrates a pattern. But it should have at, at least made them suspicious. That's one of the reasons I have so much disgust for that the police department. They didn't even try. Oh, man. Yeah. That is a wild story. That was wild. That was a wild ride. It was. It long. was long, but it was, like had so much detail, you know? You know what the difference is, is that, like, I don't mind reading or listening to a Reddit story that's really long. If it's worded properly, yes. it was written really well. Yeah. So many of them aren't. Yeah. Uh, and that was written really well. So it was easy to listen to. Yeah. Thank you for reading that. Just crazy. Yeah. That's fucking dumb. It's fucked up. So Oof. many parts where I was like, Ooh. Okay. So thank you for listening this week. I hope that you guys enjoyed that story. Crazy, crazy times. If you are not already following us on Instagram, please follow us at Strange and Confused Pod, and you can follow us on TikTok at the same handle. Also, please go over and check out Sarah's stained glass at Witchway Glass Co. And if you want to get real creeped out, go over and check out my paranormal YouTube channel at the light side of the paranormal. If you want to be so super fantastic and cool, um, leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to us. Um, and also, just a side note, if you're listening on Spotify, every time I upload a thing, an episode, <laughs> I um, my brain is, like, depleted from reading that entire story. Yeah, your eyes are, like, beady right, um, and bloodshot. I need food. Um, what was I going to say? If you're listening to us on Spotify. Oh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, every time I upload an episode, um, not every time, but a lot of the time I'll post like a, qu- a question that you can answer. You can answer right within the app. Um, and I sometimes will post polls and stuff in there. Or you can ask us questions right in the app so you don't have to DM us or email us or whatever. Um, so feel free to use that feature because I'm asking you little questions every time. And if you feel like being super nice, please give us a five-star rating wherever yeah. you listen to us um apple podcast or i don't know wherever else would really appreciate it and if you don't like this podcast so you don't want to rate us five stars then don't but also don't rate us lower than five okay so thanks <laughs> bye bye bye